This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're talking with some standout swimmers from a fun dual meet at Division I Dartmouth for the Bobcats. Plus, senior captain Morgan Kennedy and the women's basketball team is 12-2, 1-0 in NESCAC, entering the thick of their conference schedule. And Lewiston born and raised Bates tennis coach Paul Gassingay from the class of 1989 is helping give back to the community. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. basketball team is on a roll entering 2024. The Bobcats have won three in a row entering a huge weekend where they will host Hamilton Friday at 7 p.m. and number 16 nationally ranked Amherst Saturday at 3 p.m. Senior Captain Morgan Candy was named the Maine Women's Basketball Coaches Association Co-Player of the Week and she is one of our Bobcats of the Week as well as she tallied 22 points on 9 of 18 shooting in a 77-67 win over Maine Maritime Academy on Wednesday and 19 points on 7 of 9 shooting in a 73-42 win over Connecticut College in the NESCAC opener for Bates on Sunday. For good measure, she tallied 14 points on 6 of 8 shooting in Monday's 87-62 win over Riviere. Two years ago, Bates won the NESCAC title. Candy was a big part of that team. And this year's squad, at 12-2 and 1-0 in NESCAC, appears primed to make a run. Well, Morgan, I mean, you got a big NESCAC win there at Connecticut College um, to start the NESCAC season, basically. I mean, the team shot the best they've had all year. What was really clicking from your perspective as a senior captain, not only for yourself, but for your, all your teammates, allowed you to have so much success there at Con? I just think we've put a lot of emphasis on how we need to bring another level, especially in conference play. And I we, like as a coaching staff and as a team, I think we've done a really good job like implementing that into practice, which translated well into the game. So, yep, keep doing that. You know, looking at Riviera game, which was Monday, I mean, back-to-back games, you're going to have a few of those coming up starting this weekend. So how valuable was that, to, you know, that experience in for all uh, the players, particularly maybe the first years, right? Oh, yeah, it was really good. And that's something that we've also been emphasizing a lot, just the level of maturity and toughness needed like to go through conference play and how um, we do have a very unique opportunity to play back to back and how that does like require another level of focus from us moving forward so yeah the team is 12 and 2 right now which is the best start for the year since 2004 2005 a team that ended up 25 and 3 but um you know for this year's team you know two years ago you won the NESCAC you remember that, you know, A. Rose and the juniors remember that. The first two classes, they don't have ex- that experience of, you know, winning a conference title. What, if any, message you have to the younger players about what it kind of takes to have that kind of success? We definitely talk about, like I said earlier, like the level of maturity it yeah. takes and knowing and going into every single game with 100% certainty that we're going to win the game until the buzzer goes off. It's until the final buzzer goes off. But it's definitely like we've been emphasizing this all year every game no matter if it's a conference game or one of our first uh games of the season a championship mentality is like everybody shows up to like play what whoever the opponent is the same way Um, and by doing that it's going to prepare us so we've like especially all of us as like upperclassmen we've been really honing in on the freshmen and sophomores telling them that like we are prepared for this opportunity if we want it we just got to take it 
excellent. And then this team, you know, everyone plays. I mm-hmm. mean, Angel Huntsman's coming back from the injury. She's playing a lot now also. So it's basically 11 healthy players, and they're all playing. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I, that must be kind of nice because you, when you're in there, you know you can just go all out because you're going to get a breather, right? Yeah, for sure. It's No, that's something that's awesome, especially in practices like – having 12 people to we get a lot of reps and so that's really gotten our fitness where it needs to be and overall I just feel like we're really prepared and the three first years are happen to be all guards who are healthy right now mm-hmm. um you know as a guard yourself what's it like seeing them have their early success like this oh it just makes me it makes me so happy it's like a proud mom moment just <laughs> seeing how like they all work so hard. Everybody on our team works so hard. And they, like, we all, there's there's no, like, we all want it just as bad. And it's, so it's really, I'm really lucky to be on a team my senior year where the commitment is there and it's just, it's really special. And you must have had a proud sister moment on Monday. Allison Kennedy got the team going on, on offense. What's it like to see her, you know, having that kind of breakthrough there? It's awesome. She... She's definitely like our fire on the team. Yeah. She gets us, she gets our she gets our heads right and everything and it's just it's awesome to see her take that leadership role. I was going to say your personalities you and Allison are they they're they're fairly different? Is that fair? I don't I don't know. What do you I, think? I I would say we're we have a lot of similarities but we're oh. also different. I would say she's more like I'm more like mellow, I yeah. guess, and she's definitely more intense. But it's like it's it's nice, you know, good cop, bad cop moments and stuff. <laughs> what was that like, kind of growing up? You know, that dynamic. Um, you know, it had it's a blessing and a curse being a twin. <laughs> and um, but yeah, like that being said, I'm super lucky to have. Like it's very. I don't think a lot of people have the same experience where they've been. Te- she's been my teammate since I was like three playing basketball so it's just awesome having her with me and stuff and we play really well together and it's something that's super special i think i've probably asked you this before but people don't necessarily always listen to every single episode you're from oklahoma right so coming up to maine what was that transition like for you especially you know you came out during covid which is a whole nother issue but oklahoma to maine what was that like well, I mean, it's snowing now, and us Oklahomans yeah. don't really – the snow is a little mm, – but um, it definitely – it was a big transition, but, like, it was a lot easier making that transition with my sister there. Yeah. But – and also, like, our team – the team culture for Bates Women's Basketball has been like this as far, far, like, since I've been here. It's just such, like – everyone always talks about the community at Bates, but, like, the community on our team is just so, like – if it wasn't for, like, our coaching staff and our team, like, I don't know if I would be at Bates today. But, like, mm. it was they, – they've definitely given – like, made Maine a home for me and Allison. So that was super, super special. Great. Well, this weekend, Hamilton Friday night, Amherst Saturday afternoon. Obviously, massive games. Hamilton last year – Y'all lost at their place, but in overtime. I mean, it was it was you know really t- close game. Amherst was a really close game last year too. What's it? Give us a little bit of a scouting report on both these teams. What you remember from last season and what you might be able to apply this year, or it does not matter. Is it a brand new year? There are definitely some things that I'm sure we're going to go over and film and take away from last year and make some adjustments there. But um, other than that, like I just I know going into it, our team is super hungry. We're not satisfied with what we've like had so far and I just know that we're going to go out there this weekend and we're going to compete and we're going to give it all we have.
and we're going to have some fans there now because students are back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hope you can't hear me during the game when it's uh, when there's no f- students there. <laughs> sometimes I can hear you, but yeah. it's not. It's not like it's nothing bad. Every time yeah. I hear, I'm like, yeah, you're always really into it, so it's awesome. Excellent. What's it like having the fan support though? When they're going to be back there this Friday, Saturday. Alumni magic, right? Oh, alumni magic is real. Yeah, and it's definitely something that. Um, gives us a little bit more fire when we see our fans there. And I also know that, like, we definitely have the home court advantage in Alumni Gym. Alumni is a very unique place, and I know not a lot of teams, like, coming up here and playing in it because it's such a special gym. It's our gym, and we definitely have a lot of pride in protecting, like, our home court, so... It's going to be really fun. Looking forward to it. The Bobcats are 12-2, and 1-0 in NESCAC. Hamilton Friday at 7 p.m. Amherst Saturday, I believe, at 3 p.m., although I'll edit that if I'm wrong. Friday, <laughs> Hamilton Saturday, Amherst. Morning, Candy. Thanks so much. Thank you. The swimming and diving teams competed at Dartmouth on Saturday and turned in some impressive results against their Ivy League opponent. On the women's side, senior captain Grace Wenger won the 100-yard freestyle in 52.89 seconds and took second in the 200-yard freestyle in 1 minute, 54.91 seconds. It was really fun. Um, we all had a great time. Uh, riding down the bus is always a fun, interesting experience. Um, everyone had seemed like they had a great time. Um, a lot of great competition there for sure. What was um, you know it like you know towing the line against you know an Ivy League opponent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they definitely put up some serious competition. Um, I think we all just went in trying to have fun, do our best, see where we're at post training trip. Um, and I think we all just went in with like kind of a lighthearted, see what we can do mindset. Yeah, because there's no pressure when you're right. Exactly. And uh, coach loves racing them. Why do Why do you think that is? <laughs> <laughs> I really just think he loves the competition of the Ivy League. Um, uh, and we don't get to race Division One a lot, obviously. Um, so he loves getting in that nice competition with them. So you won the 100-yard freestyle, 52.89 seconds, and you were second in the 200-yard freestyle. So take us through both those races, and what was it like to get first there against you know Division One opponents? Yeah, I mean, it's always great to bring home a win for the team. So it's always exciting, and especially against such an amazing team. Um, we were all pretty excited to have a win. Um, and it was just great to get to race them. Um, getting to race them in the 2-free and the 100-free um, it's just nice to have such fierce competitors to race. And I think all of our races all around, we all saw some really great races and a lot of places where we can clean a little bit of stuff up. So I think it was a really beneficial meet all around for the entire team. So for 100-yard freestyle, is it a 25-yard pool like Tarbell? Or is yes. it – okay, yeah. so it's the same. It's not right. – okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Have you, have you ever – race someone in like a 50-yard pool or anything like that or is it always 25 yards for you it's usually 25 yards um we do we swim long course when we're on training trip okay and in like high school we'll swim um long course in the summer so i've done some racing but not since i've been here gotcha gotcha and so yeah yeah, you're you all were fresh off training trip and so take us through how training trip went this year yeah training trip was awesome um it's always nice to get out of the dreary main winter we've been having um, and get down to the beach and train with our teammates. And it's always just a nice little escape where you can kind of just focus on swimming, not have to worry about classes or anything else. Um, and we all had a really great time this year. Um, yeah. As a captain, how did your role change, if at all, on a training trip? I honestly didn't have to do too much. Yeah. Everyone was very much on what they need to be doing. Mm. Um yeah, this team has been amazing. I have had 
a shockingly easy time being captain. <laughs> Everyone's very supportive. Everyone is on the same page. Um, they're making my life very easy. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I know Train Trip, obviously, is uh, the name of it. There's a lot of training involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a little bit worn down, perhaps, coming off of it. So your first meet back is always tricky. And so um, for people who maybe don't know, how does the first meet back on Train Trip normally go in terms of everyone being pretty tired, I imagine, right? <laughs> yes. Everyone was very tired. Um, it's kind of just like a put your head down, do the best you can. Um, more about, like, getting race experience and kind of digging deep and seeing what you can do than putting up your championship season times. Gotcha. And I know at Tarbell we have new uh, locker rooms this yes. year. What, yes. what are those like? Take us through those. Oh, my goodness. They're gorgeous. Uh, the varsity locker rooms are so much bigger than they were last year. We have tons of locker space, and it's just amazing to be – it's great to have a facility where we can, like, enjoy kind of coming together before and after practice because – it's been a stressor in the past because these locker rooms were tiny and it was hard to like fit everybody, but it's nice to have a space where we can kind of all come together and not be on top of each other. Right. Cause it's a fairly big team. I mean, yeah. so you get a lot of people to fit in there. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's nice to not be sandwiched on top of each other. Excellent. Then, you know, you know, heading now into the new year, you've got your first meet under the belt of 2024. Uh, what are some goals you have maybe in your mind for yourself and, and the team as we move forward towards NESCACs and hopefully towards NCAs? Yeah. Wow. Um, it's been such a great season so far. I think, as I mentioned, I think there's a lot of things we as a team can work on. And that was super obvious at Dartmouth. So I think we have some really distinct goals to work towards as we come up towards NESCACs. Um, and at NESCACs, I'd love to see us like be in the top five and send a really solid team to NCAAs and just kind of finish out the season with a bang. I think we have been working really, really hard. We have a great foundation. We've got some really good racing in. And I think we just need to kind of bring everything together and bring it home. And I think we'll have a great season. Can you believe you're a senior already? I feel like it, it was... flew by. Yeah. <laughs> it flew by way too fast. I know. How have you seen yourself kind of grow maybe since you first stepped on campus until now as a swimmer? Oh, my gosh. I I feel like when I first got here, obviously that was COVID year. Yeah. So that year I was kind of just like, any swimming I can get done, we're going to call it a win. Um, and throughout the time, I feel like I've just learned so much more about myself as a swimmer and like the paces I need to be hitting like stroke rates just I feel like it's a lot more it makes a lot more sense when you can break everything down and just being able to see exactly what you're supposed to be doing at what point in the season has been really helpful and it's a very good confidence builder too because when you hit January and you're not hitting any of your times but that's what you've been doing the whole time you're still hitting the paces you need to be it's it's kind of reassuring. You're like, okay, I still have time. I can get where I need to get. Excellent. What's it been like, you know, setting some school records while you've been here too? It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there have been some phenomenal swimmers on this team in the past. Yeah. And like, even just being on the record board with them is like, it's amazing. Um, and I mean, I couldn't do it without the team. I have such amazing like training partners and just everyone on the team in general is so supportive. Um, and everyone's just so excited anytime anybody on the team gets a team record or anything like that. It's just, it's such a great feeling to know everyone's behind you. Well, you mentioned training partners. Who are your training partners? Um, I've been training with a bunch of different people. 
Um, we kind of switch it up a little bit mm. every year. Um, I've been training a lot with Liana Rossman, mm. JB Whiteley, a bunch of other kind of mid-distance um, and sprinters. Because even though obviously the, the women's team competes against you know the other women's team and, and the men's team competes against the other, against the other men's team, it's it really kind of one big team, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, we all practice together. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you have a new assistant coach who I think just yes. finally got cleared. And, yes. and, 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 <laughs> yes. Tell us about her. Oh my gosh, Emma finally made it here. Yeah. Uh, last week, I guess. Um, and it's been amazing having her on deck. Um, not to mention, like, just having a third coach is amazing. Is and a third set of eyes is super helpful. But she has an amazing attention for detail, and she, especially having her on deck at Dartmouth, she kind of saw a bunch of things that we needed to work on. And right when we were back in the pool on Sunday, we were working on mm-hmm. it. Like she had all these drills, all this, all these exercises ready for us, and she just has such a good eye for all the little things. And I think that's going to be really helpful for us. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about the Dartmouth meet we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Um, I don't think so. I think everyone had some amazing swims and everyone had a great time. Excellent. Well, Grace Wenger, uh, winner at Dartmouth of the 100-yard freestyle. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. On the men's side, male Bobcat of the Week, Max Corey, and the 400-yard medley relay team won their race in 3 minutes, 24.21 seconds, and Corey won the 100-yard freestyle in 45.89 seconds. Corey was under the weather this week, but his three teammates in the 400-yard medley relay joined us on the Bobcast to fill us in on the meet. Well, we have three-fourths of the 400-yard medley relay team. They got first place there at Dartmouth. Tim Johnson, Mark Saranovich, and John Weigel join us here on the Bobcast. And we'll go in order. Uh, first, Tim, you know, backstroke. What was it like, first of all, as a first-year competing at an Ivy League opponent and getting first place like you did? It's definitely nerve-wracking. We knew we'd have to be, like, our best if we wanted to win against Dartmouth. So I just, like, you know, went into it, giving my all, and uh, ended up working. And leading off a race for, with the relay, what's that kind of like? Yeah, it's always pretty, I guess, nerve-wracking leading up the race because it's like you're the first one of the like men's team to swim. So it's like you're, you got to set the tone, and I think I like the challenge that it brings, and it's it's pretty fun. So this is this is the first race of the whole meet, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so Marsh, I mean, as your perspective, you were one of the more experienced. Uh, we got a couple of rookies in this group, but one of the experienced swimmers. What were, what were your thoughts kind of going in? Well, we knew that we were going against a strong team, mm. and I had Tim swimming. Before me coming in, swimming in really strong, so credit to him. He put me in a great position to race the Dartmouth breaststroker. Um, and, yeah, set up our team really well to win the race. And uh, the 400 medley, um, so each of you are going 100 yards, right? Yes. So um, that's a sprint, basically, right? Yes, so, I mean, I, March, in terms of breaststroke, is that your favorite stroke, and are you typically a sprinter like that? Yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm a sprinter, like the 50 and 100. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, breaststroke's my strongest stroke. And then where were we at when you when we got to you, John? And you know, as the third person up in that race, what was it like watching the first two go and then having to get in the pool yourself? There was already a pretty decent lead mm. that we had, so it was just about maintaining that for Max to bring it home. And personally, I didn't think I'd do as well as I did. It was just about <laughs> hanging in there. Um, Fly's not my my main thing. I'm more of a freestyler, so it was, you know, the strokes they're similar in a sense, but it was just about uh, maintaining that lead over Dartmouth. Yeah, though, so the butterfly, um, that's a difficult stroke, right? I mean, what's the key to success in that one? I mean, kind of with all of them is just staying as much out of the water as you can, keep, like keeping your hips up um, and a consistent undulation with the kick. 
Great. And then uh, Max Corey, who unfortunately, under the weather right now, he's actually our Bobcat of the Week, <laughs> but he uh, anchored the relay and also won the 100-yard freestyle. I mean, Mark, you're a classmate of his, right? Yeah. So what was it like seeing him um, not only help you guys win a relay, but also win individually? I mean, just from your perspective, watching what he can do. Yeah, Max is just always so impressive in and out of the water. He's a great guy. Um, and just seeing what he does in the pool every day motivates us to, to work harder. So, yeah, it's great having him as a friend and a teammate. Excellent. So, um, Tim, this is your first time on the Bobcast, the first year. Tell me a little bit about your background, how you first got into competitive swimming, and what led you eventually to come to Bates. Yeah, so I started like competitively swimming since like as far as I can remember, probably like second grade, kindergarten, around that time. And I just continued that throughout high school. And I wanted to go to Bates because, like, obviously, like, the great academics. And also, I was, like, sort of familiar with it because both my siblings went to Bates and were on the swim team. Um, oh, Hannah Johnson, Hannah right? Hannah Johnson yep, and Jack yep. Johnson. Okay, yep. Uh, so I just knew, like, they really liked it here, and I would probably like it here, and and it's been working out <laughs> well. Yeah, so quite the legacy for the Johnson family here at Bates already. And actually, you individually... I had to double check, but it looks like you were second fastest in Bates history, the 200-yard back, with your performance at Dartmouth. I mean, what, is, what does that mean to you to already be in a top 10 list like that? Well, I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, you do now. That's a good year. Yeah, the 200 back was a good race, though. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was the best time, uh, which was, like, shocking to do at a dual meet. Mm. But, I don't know, I just went up for the challenge and against, like, the Dartmouth team. and It was a good opportunity to swim fast, and I just tried to take advantage of that. Great, and then Marge, uh, your first time actually also on the Bobcats from South Windsor, Connecticut. How'd you end up at Bates? Well, I was looking at schools with strong science programs, particularly bio, mm. um, and I've been swimming all throughout high school. And my coach and in my, at my high school knew our coach Peter f- through the swim camp, mm. so I talked to her, and she set me up with PC. And I talked to him and decided to walk on the team. Okay, so you weren't really recruited. No, I wasn't. I Yeah, I just knew PC through my coach um, from high school. Gotcha. So what was the conversation kind of like with, you know, Coach Casares, you know, about joining the team, what the expectations were and everything? I don't really remember. It was, it was a while ago. <laughs> but I think yeah, you're a sophomore now. You're yeah. <laughs> we just talked about, I mean, I just wanted to be part of a team and still continue to, like, swim get like good exercise in every day mm. yeah and i've loved it so far it's a great group of people and I'm, I'm really happy that i decided to join the team excellent john we had you on via zoom a, a few weeks back but um tell me a little bit about um the train trip you guys just came back from right down in oh, florida yeah, so yeah. what was that experience like as a as a first year going down there for the training trip it was a little taxing yeah um <laughs> especially on the shoulders with just the <laughs> amount of the the sheer volume of yardage that we had um but it was a great time uh getting to have the opportunity to get away from the cold weather up here and just, you know, really just be isolated with the team. And, you know, that's all you're focused on is just you all you're all on the same mission. You're there to work. And, you know, that's what we did. So it was it was a great time just getting things done. And Tim, you probably knew a little bit about what to expect, right? A little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> there is definitely like a lot of excitement going to training trip. Mm. And it did not fail to like meet any of the expectations like it like exceeded them in all ways yeah. uh it was really just a great time being with the team excellent and then uh, march um just kind of going forward what are some goals you have in your mind for you know the team and yourself heading into NESCACs as we get you know closer and closer to that time of year the championship type of year and then hopefully beyond as well yes obviously we want to do well 
and NSCACs and hopefully send some relays and individuals to nationals. So in practice, we're really working on our turns, um, finishes, starts, like those small things. And Coach M has come in and helped us a lot with our technique and kicking, which I think will be really helpful going into these big meets. I was talking with women's team captain Grace Wenger, and she mentioned Coach Emma had feedback right away. Yeah. <laughs> First meet, just just getting here, really debates. Uh, John, what, what, maybe some feedback you got from her yourself? Just... It, right off the bat, uh, I remember it must have been the first or second practice. She was uh, talking to me about my technique and um, what could have been contributing to those shoulder problems. Oh, and, yeah. And it just it made all the difference. And then even in the weight room, you know, talking about strength versus power, just, you know, about maximum output and, like, what you can really accomplish in the weight room um, is only so much that you, that you can transfer into the pool. So, you know, she's she's very knowledgeable and helping us uh, be the best that we can be. Excellent. And then I guess, Tim, any other thoughts you want to share on your on your meet there at Dartmouth? And what was it like, you know, at, down the, you know, at an Ivy League opponent? Yeah, I mean, there are some good competitors. Uh, it was a great meet. It was a lot of fun. Um, both teams were, like, really into it. Um, I love competing against Dartmouth. Like, one of my favorite meets of the year. Mm. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited for, like, what we have in store for the future. I think like, our team's going to go really fast this year. Uh, we have a lot of, like, really strong talent, and I think it's going to be like a good NESCAC's good uh, competition going forward. Yeah, because March, the times are never going to be super fast coming off training trip, but it seems like pretty optimistic based on these results. Yeah, it's looking good so far, especially as we're like, we're pretty fatigued, tired, mm-hmm. especially coming off of training trip and break. So yeah, it's looking really good. Um, we've got a huge group of guys with huge potential. So I'm really excited to see what we have for the rest of the season. Great. John, any other thoughts you wanted to share about the meet there at Dartmouth? It was different from the meets we've had before. I th- personally, I think it was one of the, uh, it was the most fun I've had at a meet just because it went so quickly. It was very, uh, you know, on to the next event. I did get to race my brother there. Oh. He, he swims at Dartmouth. So okay. it, it was great to, to the little sibling rivalry. You race him directly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you got to take us through this race. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. I need to hear more about this. It was the 100 free. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think it went Max and then my brother Isaac and me. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity I don't get often. So yeah, I try to capitalize on it. You know, when you're racing someone similar to yourself in the same events, you know, all you can do is just race them. You can't really think too much. I mean, especially in the 100, it's such a quick event. Uh, you can just do the best that you do. But... Yeah, it was it was a fun time. Just getting to post times numbers on the board. So Max won that race. That's right. And then your brother got second, and you got third. But it was super close there at yeah. the end. So what, what was the top conversation like after the meet there with him? Um, <laughs> it was a it was a it was a good job and a handshake and just the general actions of after a race. But then <laughs> after that, it was immediately to the reflection. You know, what could I have done better? Where could where am I? Uh, lacking a little bit um but yeah it was a great race overall i think it was within half a second yeah uh, yeah so it was, it was coming down to it isaac waggle 46.03 seconds john waggle 46.42 seconds have you yeah. you raced him in high school i assumed or? uh not in high school oh okay um he was he was a senior when i was a sophomore okay so yeah so this is the first time ever racing him yeah, there, yeah, most pretty. Much, I think so. Maybe in club. Yeah, uh, there might have been one or two races, but yeah, this for the as far as I can think, this is yeah. 
So he's listed as a sophomore on their roster, but is he actually a junior? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So maybe one more chance next year if we schedule them again. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, guys, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. A great meet there at Dartmouth. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you for having us. The Norwich skiing team begins its season this Friday and Saturday at the UVM Carnival in Craftsbury, Vermont. Head coach James Upham joins the Bobcast to give us a preview of his team. How has training been going? I understand today you were at Pineland Farms for the first time this year. Yeah, we were at Pineland Farms, which is where we train uh, a lot when uh, during the week uh, when we have limited time to travel. And Pineland Farms is great. They do a great job for us, and it finally snowed a lot. And we're very excited here, yes. Finally winter. Finally winter, and you've got a carnival this weekend. What are you looking forward to seeing most from your team at UVM? Well, uh, it's been... Uh, really interesting uh, fall and uh, early start to the year, and we're just excited to get people racing and see where we're at. We never know uh, the, how these first two carnivals go, and um, but we're excited to get going. It features a classic sprint on Friday and an individual skate 10-kilometer uh, on Saturday. So it's very different two races, and so selecting the team is even a little tricky for us because uh, we don't have a lot of race starts and finishes and results to go on. But we'll find out after this week, and uh, the classic sprint start is really interesting. So that'll be fun. Yeah, classic sprint, I mean, um, take us through what the key is to success in an event like that because obviously, you know, you're rigid with the classic technique, and but you're, you're it's a short distance. Yeah, it's a short distance, so... Typically features more double pulling and more running than your classic striding with a lot of glide and big long kicking that you might think of normally. Uh, and of course, it's a sprint. We call it a sprint. It's a kilometer and a half long, sure. which is at least four minutes, right. uh, which is middle distance for most endurance sports. But uh, we call it a sprint, and uh, it is fun. The Craftsbury group does a really good job. Uh, so that's the venue we'll be at, and it features kind of rolling and then downhill and then uh, a bunch of uphill into the finish. So you want to really go out hard, and then you get a nice recovery, and then it kind of is uh, 0.75 kilometers uphill to the finish. There you go. Tell us about your captains this year. Captains Olivia Cuneo returns, and very strong, very strong sprinter as well. She just won a race last week, mm. which is very fun for her uh, in Vermont. And uh, then we have Cal Shrupp, who's uh, New Hampshire, and also a very strong classic skier and classic sprinter. And we have Eliza Skillings, who is a junior, and uh, is just uh, recovering from uh, some health, and so uh, she, but she's a very good sprinter as well, tons of power, so uh, it'll be fun to watch all three of them on Friday. Well, yeah, Eliza, younger sister of your assistant coach, right? Olivia Skillings, who's yes. also a captain here, so what's it about the Skillings family? They're, they're leaders, it sounds like. They're leaders. I think they just volunteer for it. Yeah. I think that's mostly what it is, and they like to do it, and they volunteer for it, and service and giving is just part of their personality. You mentioned Olivia Cuneo just winning a race last week. What are some of these races some of the athletes are competing in before we get the carnival season going? Because we covered the carnival season here, but there are other races. Yeah, so there are citizens races and fun nighttime races, and occasionally there'll be an Eastern Cup. Mm -hmm. Some people are coming back from U.S. Nationals in Soldier Hollow, Utah, where the Olympic venue was. So people coming from all over. and So we have some race 
data to go on to select our team, but they're coming from all over the country, yeah. and it's hard to quantify because there's not a lot of head-to-head -head action. But we pretty much are ready to race. We've got enough on snow time and uh, enough races to be as competitive as possible going into the season. It was last year I didn't feel like we were quite r as ready, but uh, we've had... Uh, even with the tricky snow conditions, we've been able to find snow and have really good dryland training. So I think we're in great shape. It sounds like everyone's pretty healthy also. Yeah, cross your fingers so cross far. Fingers, um, not yep, not yep. <laughs> uh, so far, we don't have a lot of uh, illness on the team, and that's commonly what happens right around now. Mm. Uh, but with all the travel and everyone coming in from all over the country and the world, coming back to school, this is a critical time to be careful and wash your hands a little extra and uh, be careful who you hang out with. Uh, you don't want to hang out with sick people. That's right. how you get sick. So. Right. I know last year we had a few athletes who were close to getting to NCAAs. I feel like they're right on the verge. What's it going to take to get over the hump for some of these uh, athletes here? Yeah, we do uh, some very specific things uh, we've been working on all season. Keys to success. And we've sort of been talking about that and just thinking about one area that they can improve and uh, for many of them, it's uphill climbing, uphill climbing technique, how to switch gears when you get a little bogged down in tricky weather, or if it's a long uphill, you're getting tired, how do you change gears, what's that mechanism? So that's all we're going to be thinking about these next two weeks. And generally, when fans are looking at the results and stuff, top tens are generally considered, you know, if you get a couple of those, you're in good shape, right? Sure, yeah. You know, nationally, we compete against the Pac-12, and yeah. uh, so it's uh, it's a big deal. And uh, we compete against the Ivies and uh, four other NESCAC schools and uh, UNH and UVM. And so we have some recruiting restrictions uh, in the NESCAC conference that we're in compared to our competitors, um, but we still like to win. <laughs> And uh, so we are going to try to be the most improved team each year. So we start at a certain level, and we can kind of rank everyone, and then we finish at a certain level. And so we want to be the most improved every year, and that's going to be our win. That's going to be what we're focusing on. All right, James Upham, thanks so much for previewing the Nordic skiing season with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This Saturday, head coach Paul Gassengay and the Bates tennis teams are hosting the Lewis and Strong Maine Tennis Rally for Recovery, which supports the victims and families of the tragedy that affected the Lewiston community in October, in partnership with the Maine Community Foundation. Area teams and individuals will have the opportunity to raise money and train with the Bates players and coaches. It's open to anyone, and more details can be found on our website, GoBatesBobcats.com. Coach Gassengay joins the Bobcats this week to give us more details. I knew I wanted to do something for the community and link it with tennis and a bunch of uh, the tennis partners in the state and New England from Maine Tennis Association to the USTA New England section and all the other big players in the state, you know, from the indoor clubs, uh, all the high school co uh, coaches, uh, different associations, you know, everyone came together and said, hey, let's let's do something. I volunteered Bates. I said, let's do it here. And then it's just been uh, a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of little things that have to happen. And, and also the lead time, we couldn't do it right away because it just – there's so many things you have to do to, to lead up to an event like this. Um, back – all the background stuff and, and, and setting up the fundraisers and – uh, the page and 
and getting that connected with Maine Community Foundation. And it, there's a lot of uh, little details that take a while, but uh, we've had a lot of great cooperation and, and help with that. And so we're looking forward to, to having a great event on Saturday. Honestly, the most difficult part about this is kind of like NESCAC has really stringent rules. Uh, the Maine Principals Association doesn't allow the coaches to organize their athletes out of season. So we have contacts with all these coaches that we can't really use to get the word out because it's a violation. So we're, we're sort of trying to just do it uh, word of mouth and through the uh, indoor clubs. And um, the other timing issue that was difficult was, you know, through the holidays, everyone was all over the place. So, um, but we're looking forward to, you know, putting this together and no matter what, it's going to be a great um, opportunity to, to heal and to do something good for the community and, and involve tennis with it. So for those who think they might be able to make it, tell me a little bit about what's going to be happening here on Saturday. Well, basically we're, we're doing six 90-minute uh, sessions throughout the day starting at 9.30, and it's an opportunity for uh, high school teams or uh, club teams or USTA teams to uh, fundraise in their hometown or their area and raise money for this uh, really worthy cause and then come in and train with myself and my team uh, for 90 minutes. And uh, we're going to work with a lot of great athletes and um, look forward to helping them get ready for their tennis season, which is coming up in a, in a few months for high school. And then for the tournament players, just to, you know, give them a little dose of uh, Bobcat tennis. Yeah, so this is open to any individual really who's interested, right? It's open to anyone. We'll take yeah. anyone. The more, the merrier. Uh, but the concept was to, you know, sort of sign up as a team yeah. and fundraise as a team. And we're actually having a competition for the fundraiser. So whichever team raises the most, we'll get some prizes uh, at the event. We've got sponsors, uh, Wilson Racket Sports, Head Racket Sports, uh, Solinko String, uh, Diadem. Uh, we've got a lot of people um, who have come out to help. I've got... Uh, a live auction going that day as well. Uh, it's online, so it's open to anyone. Uh, Donovan Tennis Strategies is offering a $1,900 uh, recruiting uh, mentoring package. Uh, and we have another one from uh, Danielle McNamara. Uh, DLM also is a, a recruiting coaching service. So we have some some amazing people who have come forward to to donate their services their time new england racket services will be there all day and they will be offering a racket tune-up for every 90 minute session they're also offering uh their services in the auction as well and we also have you know myself offering a couple clinics um the bowden coaches and the colby coaches all coming together to uh sort of offer clinics up for auction uh, to help raise money. And so you don't even have to necessarily go to the event. You can still, you know, bid on that in the auction. Absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, um, I mean, just being from Lewiston, I mean, you know, a lot of your players are from, uh, you know, all over the country a little bit. So what's it been like kind of connecting with them, you know, over this fundraiser and, and, and over, you know, the importance of raising money for, you know, the community and everything? Well, I think, you know, they understand and they were really um, amazing at reaching out 
when all this happened because they know I grew up here. Yeah. But they're also part of this community yeah. too, and it impacted everyone on our campus because of how integrated Bates is with Lewis and Auburn. And, you know, they're, they're just really all in and they want to help as best they can. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're looking forward to having a great day together. I guess what does it kind of mean to you? Like, just take me through what you went through, like, in October. Obviously, you wanted to do this fundraiser and, and, and I guess the motivation behind it and everything, having grown up here. You know, the first thing you want you think about when something like this happens is all the people that were impacted and how you can make a difference and how you can help in a small way. There's been so many different fundraisers around the community. So we we figured, hey, tennis has been a big part of my life since I was four years old. And uh, the tennis community in, in Lewis and Auburn and Maine is really strong. And I wanted to unite the two things together. And I think um, we've had a lot of amazing tennis champions come out of this area in the state of Maine over the over the generations. And um, I think the whole state recognizes that and they want to come together and help. Yeah. So, again, this is the Loose and Strong Maine Tennis Rally for Recovery. 100% of proceeds this Saturday are going to the Maine Community Foundation Victims and Families Fund. So that's very important to note that everything, every, every dollar is going to people who are directly impacted. 100%. And yeah. that's why we we went this route because the, the the foundation was already set up and I know that there's a, a deadline. They really want to get the funds to the families as soon as possible. And uh, the deadline is coming up uh, sometime in mid-January that they're going to distribute all the funds. So we had to get it done before then. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're a high school tennis player listening to this, I mean, get your get your teammates together. You can you can raise money, um, compete, um, you know, with some other teams in, in the area and everything. And then we'll have all the details at our website, gobatesbobcats.com, where you can click and you can see where you can sign up. People are encouraged to sign up in advance, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really helpful. We have a, a Google uh, Doc going around with with links. Um, but you can also email me at pgastong at bates.edu and just let me know. But uh, sign up yourself, sign up your team, get other people involved. But we'll take as many people as we can get. And uh, really looking forward to having a great day. Excellent. Any other thoughts you wanted to share You know, on this um, upcoming event here again this Saturday at Merrill Gym? No, we, just, we really hope to have a huge crowd. And uh, it's for a great cause, and we're looking forward to uh, spending the day with uh, some high school tennis players and help get them tuned up for the season. All right, Coach, thanks so much. All right, thanks, Aaron. Bates men's basketball first year, Mark Bejan the second, has put up some wild numbers as of late, including 47 points last Tuesday at St. Joseph's, one shy the program record for points in a game. He was named the main rookie of the week for his efforts, and the Bobcats looked to bounce back from a NESCAC loss Sunday to Connecticut College when they hit the road Friday to take on Hamilton at 7 p.m. Find the complete athletic schedule online at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. 